0: Welcome to the Skift Podcast, weekly conversations on global travel trend lines. When I think about luxury travel, I think lifestyles of the rich and famous, private jets, butler service, and maybe a personal chef. We'll see if I'm way off. Today on the Skift Podcast, we're talking about luxury travel how it has evolved, and why it might be more than champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Joining us is Edie Rodriguez, president and CEO of Crystal Cruises, which at the moment has three ships. We'll talk about how that fleet is growing fast. Also with us is Doug Gollin, who consults with companies trying to get more business from very rich people. He's working on a book about selling to the super rich and also writing for sites including Forbes.com. They're here at Skift with me, podcast host and editor, Hannah Sampson, and senior editor, Greg Oates.
1: Thank you, Edie and Doug, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here, Hannah and Greg, and it's delightful to see Doug again.
2: Great to be with all three of you.
1: Thank you, guys. Um, So let's get started. Um,
0: I'm going to shoot this one to you first, Doug. How do you define the luxury traveler? Um, And I'm thinking it's more than just somebody who saved up for five years to take a trip of a lifetime, but but someone for whom this kind of travel is a matter of course. Um, How much money does someone have to be to be in that category? Uh, How do you define that person?
2: Well, I think, you know, I think the the first misnomer is that you can just say there's one type of luxury traveler. And so, you know, if you're talking about, you know, not the person who went on to hotels.com to get a discount and, you know, the person who's shopping for the third night free and Using their mileage and things like that. But, you know, the real, uh, you know, to use sort of a fast food term, the he- the heavy user, the person who, you know, they travel in luxury and they travel, you know, not twice a year or once a year, but, you know, they're constantly traveling Uh four, five, six, seven, eight times a year, staying in luxury uh, resorts and uh, taking luxury vacation experiences. You know, the type of person who's got multiple million dollar plus homes. You're talking about somebody who has a net worth of at least 10 million dollars. You know, typically I'd say that's the starting point. And you're talking about people and, you know, obviously the cost of living depends on where you live, but you're talking about people that have a household income or some type of income flow, you know, starting at five hundred thousand dollars a year, but really in the multiple millions. And then, you know, um, who are these people, Um, you know, uh, contrary to Robin Leach, uh, you know, it's it's celebrities and uh, people like that are really just a small, a small part of it. Um, over 80% of that group is self-made. And if you ask about what type of businesses they're in, yes, they're in banking and finance. Um, But one of the things I also do is I have an e-newsletter that goes to private jet owners and as part of building the database. I saw a lot of firsthand, you know, what companies do these people own or manage? And, you know, people informing. I've got a guy who's the largest distributor of citrus fruit in California, Somebody who grows apples in Washington, and you know, you could laugh, but when you see their house, (laughs) you know, it looks like a Four Seasons hotel. Sign me up for the phone. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So, uh, you know, I could say I probably picked the wrong career, but um, pharmaceutical, legal, um, uh, manufacturing. One one person they make tug they 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 build (laughs) tugboats, you know. So how these people make money, um, it's probably not what the perception is.
0: Edie, does that sound familiar to you? Is that—is that the demographic that you're looking at when you're looking at the Crystal
1: customer? Well, I think I agree with everything Doug said, and it's really all of the above. So for the Crystal guests, we, first of all, are a brand that has been in business for over 25 years. So we have a very, very strong loyalty and fan base and followers that love our brand experience and really our research on questioning those past guests were, were the reasons we're allowed to catapult into the brand extensions that we are going after. So painting in broad strokes, the top 2% of the world's wealthiest are in fact our Crystal Cruz's guests today. But the reality also is that we live in changing times. And so people out there are aspirationally wealthy that from a psychographic standpoint, they want to experience a luxury holiday. So they may save for five years and go on a five-night Crystal experience because that's what they can afford and they want to try it and they want to assimilate into that very down-to-earth, wealthy crowd experience we have on our brand extensions. But I think the fact that besides the aspirationally wealthy, the top 2% of the world's wealthiest The reality is that the world is getting wealthier. And if we look just at China alone, China today currently, or at last count, has over 387 billionaires with a B and over a million millionaires. So I'm not looking for that many guests annually. There's enough wealth in this world, even if we hit a bubble, and also at the luxury end of the cruise space and the luxury end of the travel, vacation, holiday space, we We have proven cyclically and historically to be recession resistant. So even if there is a bubble, if somebody, you know, goes from having 10 billion to 9 billion, they still feel it's their right to go on a vacation. And they do. And hopefully their first and only choice is on all things crystal.
3: So continuing with this idea of identifying the consumer, um, what can you tell us about changing demographics, specifically with uh, regard to age?
1: Well, at Crystal, we are really seeing significant changes. If you looked at Crystal when we started in 1990, back then in general, we had 12 or 14 night departures. We were black tie required. And I would venture to guess the average age was probably 70, a complete dichotomy today. At Crystal today, we have voyages from five nights to 128 nights. Our average age on a summer Mediterranean cruise is 45, and we get a lot of children on the summer months and school uh, holidays. So we have expanded in a much broader way from a psychographic, a demographic, and in fact, our Crystal Esprit, the first in our Crystal Yacht Cruises fleet, which launched last December that is attracting a much younger, more active demographic. And in fact, 50% of those guests are not only new to Crystal, they're new to cruising. So we clearly accomplished what our goal was, to expand the cruising audience to first-time cruisers, and ideally first-time to Crystal, because we all are always looking for new customers, new guests, new experiences. So this is certainly not your grandfather's cruising anymore. And the really great thing is that we get a lot of multi generation travel. So even then, the younger set are saying and growing up with Crystal, and as they grow up and have their own families, they're coming back for more.
2: Uh, I, you know, I, I think everything you said, Edie, is, you know, spot on. And if you ask about how is the wealth being created, um, you know, if you take a look today, it's much easier to um, have what they call, you know, in wealth management an event, which means you got. You get a chance to, you know, cash in $50 million in stock options or sell part of your business or do something that all of a sudden takes that asset and puts, you know, hard money in your bank account. And, you know, whereas in the past, you'd see general businesses passed down third generation, fourth generation, and that still happens, you see a lot of people where it's wealth under 40, even under 30, where the business is created. And because of the way the financial markets work today, you're able to have that event that really liquid liquefies your wealth um, at an early age. And so- Um, You know, everybody, you know, my son who lives in uh, Queens um, and is a graphic designer and an Internet guru um, and still lives with his uh, college uh, roommates from Cooper Union, you know, he aspires to have luxury, but, you know, he doesn't have the income yet to afford it. But you see a lot more people today that do have that disposable income. And, you know, being older, it's a little bit depressing to see all these young people with so much money. But but that's that's the fact. And I think, you know, people have a very, um, you know, to what Edie said, people looking for new experiences, looking to travel, you know, travel is sort of a birthright. You know, people want to get out um, private jets, but certainly just long haul commercial airliners that can go 14 hours where, you know, even if you live in Kansas City, the world is one stop away. And so if you have the money and then certainly if you own a company, yes, you're busy, but you also can make your own schedule and you can create the time and you don't have to ask the boss for vacation. Um, So, you know, there's this huge amount of uh, wealth that's going to people at a younger age than ever. And, you know, that's good for the travel industry. It's good for the luxury goods industry. And then the second thing is you're now starting to see a second generation from people who made a lot of money in the 90s and, you know, the early decade, you know, the kids of Michael Dell and people like that. And, you know, they're growing up and, you know, dad's worth $5 billion. You know, so, you know, they they don't have to worry about, you know, paying off their visa card at the uh, end of the month.
1: But to add to what Doug is saying, and I'm going to presume your son is perhaps a millennial, that their idea of luxury is vastly different than, you know, Somebody typically who's 60 today, or that old traditional idea of luxury you know, it has to be a label, it has to be, you know, 10 carats of diamonds, whatever. That is not what many people today perceive as luxury. Yes, it's about authentic experiences, but it's not about the labeling as much as it is creating memories of a lifetime. And I've coined this three-character acronym, ECO, for exclusivity, customization, and options. When you can provide those three things to an individual, that is what they are typically looking for as the foundation of luxury and then how that weaves into a luxury vacation experience. Well, and that leads into, we we want to talk about the evolution of luxury.
0: Um, and I mean, I assume if you really want to have an authentic experience, but you probably also want to have a lot of services at the same time. So how, how do you as a supplier and um, how do you see this, Doug, as merging those things so that, you know, maybe you're having a really amazing exploration um, and in and in some far off place, but but you also like want to have a nice meal and and maybe you don't, you want to be able to take a shower <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, so how do you merge those things to really make the new luxury experience?
1: Uh, at the end of the day, I think that It really, really has evolved to different aspects. And I think somebody who delivers it beautifully besides crystal would be a luxury tented camp African safari. I've done those and I can tell you, you're in the middle of nowhere. You've got tigers and lions or whatever, not tigers in Africa, but lions or the big five in Africa. And yet you have hot running water in this beautiful heated tent and very luxurious accoutrements and fabulous dining literally, you know, on the Serengeti. So there are ways to do it, and it really boils down to understanding what is your mission and vision statement as a brand, who is the target audience you're going after, And then how to deliver that and in the travel world, anywhere in the world. So as an example, when we we launch our private jet experiences through Crystal Luxury Air starting September 1, 2017, you know, some of the usual suspects will be there. Meaning if you go to Hong Kong, obviously it's going to be the most luxurious accommodation in Hong Kong. If we fly over then to, you know, the mountains and hilltops of Scotland, we may be at a private castle. But at the end of the day, if you go to Samoa or Easter Island where luxury is limited, for lack of a better term, then, you know, the guest has to acquiesce to those local circumstances. So I think you need a very intrepid traveler that is open to anything. But I think... It is really about the details and delivering the service. You could have the greatest new hardware, the greatest six star hotel. If the service isn't impeccable, then it's not going to be a luxurious experience for any guest, regardless what their motives or they are seeking in that individual vacation.
2: Uh, I think, you know, I think when you take, a, you, you say, you know, can you combine experiences with luxury? according to Smith Travel Research, I think there's something, uh, you know, and they categorize uh, the different hotel classifications. I believe it's over 5,000 hotels that they have in the luxury category. The vast majority of them, you know, are small hotels. Many of them are under 50 rooms. So, you know, today, you know, if you want to go to, uh, you know, perhaps with the exception of the two places Edie mentioned, you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and find something that's you know what's classified as a luxury boutique. So for those people who are looking for, uh, you know, an adventurous experience and getting outside of you know the norm and traveling deep into the jungle, there are now you know luxury boutique hotels in the middle of the Amazon. So I don't I don't think that's as much a question as you know uh, are they luxury in name or, or are they really also luxury in, in delivery? And I think that's going to be one of the challenges for the industry as a whole you know uh, uh, you know the Walmart era is is sort of over and everyone wants to be positioned in luxury and so now you have people who probably Wouldn't have qualified as a five star luxury product or experience. And they're using the term lifestyle. And they're using, you know, the, and uh, I'm sure you guys get a lot of press releases and PR phone calls as I do. And, you know, please stop using the word experience. I guess that's, uh, I'm not going to make an impact on that. But I mean, we're having an experience right here by Webster's definition. Everything you go through in life is an experience, but you see so much product that's being wrapped in the words luxury and experience. But I think hard product is something that's, you know, often overlooked because there are a lot of uh, what I would say pretenders and, you know, that, that's a challenge. And, you know, the whole idea of lifestyle, you know, these guys aren't positioning themselves as discount hotels. Lifestyle is sort of a code name for we're luxury also.
3: Okay. But let me, let's look at that a little bit because You know, when we talk about luxury for the last five to ten years, there's definitely been this very common narrative that the luxury traveler tomorrow wants the experience, quote-unquote. And the hard goods are still important, but maybe the, you know, that, cognizant, slavish appreciation of brands isn't as important. But we're hearing this from more and more from a lot of luxury brands. And I think there are still a lot of luxury brands that do deliver on that top-level service and the top-level of, of product. So what we're hearing now of the next generation of luxury trial, where Charlie's going now, is all about personalization. And you mentioned customization and options. So the, really the question is, is how are you customizing that? How are you gathering that data, that personalized information, or how are they supplying that so that you can deliver on that?
1: Well, at Crystal, and all things Crystal, so not only our cruises, our residences, our yachts, our rivers, our private luxury air, our charter air, we ask. That's how. I mean, I can't read a guest's mind, and we want to know. So we very proactively reach out to them in a myriad of ways, from questionnaires, from our concierges personally calling them and discussing with them what they are looking for, as well as the usual suspects as... Is this, uh, during this time, are you celebrating a special birthday, anniversary, things of that nature? And of course, dietary restrictions and or requirements, but most importantly, what do they want to do? So we happen to be going to the Taj Mahal. Do you want to go on, you know, a Mercedes sprinter with 12 of your friends who are traveling with you? Do you want to go in a private Mercedes car with a car and a driver? Or do you want to go on a more traditional bus with 30 other people? Well, <laughs> And that's just one example. And then, what do you want to do in these places beyond what we are giving you uh, as an offering? Because maybe you have a romantic memory in Timbuktu from 20 years ago, and you want to go to that little restaurant where you proposed to your spouse, or you read an article in a publication and understand there's a Michelin star restaurant a two-hour dry- drive from this location, and I can't get a reservation there. And can you? help me? Can you get that reservation? Or prime seats at the Monaco Grand Prix or tickets to the Academy Awards, things like that for people's bucket list items. So we ask, first and foremost, we ask, and how do we ask? Through, you know, questionnaires, through concierges calling one-on-one, any way we can communicate. But we also ask the guests, potential guests, past, future, current, how do you want us to communicate with you? Because different strokes for different folks. I may want to do everything exclusively by email. Another person may want to do it by phone and email. Another person, dare I say, might want to do it just through US mail. So first, again, it's understanding the client slash guest and how do they want to be communicated with. That's the foundation of gaining the data. And then once you have the data, it's customizing it for their individual needs, on their individual holiday vacation. And if you think about all of these brand extension, dare I say, Doug, experiences <laughs> that Crystal offers, it is about puzzle pieces. It's like whatever the guests' number of nights budget and/or financial budget, let's piece together these puzzle pieces to create a totally customized experience for them. And then once we know where you're going and what you're doing, how can we then on a daily basis customize it even further for you? And you might be a couple going together, but while the husband is at St. Andrew's golfing, the wife wants to go to some, you know, boutique that you can't even get an into because it's so haute couture, it's by appointment only.
2: Uh, I think, yes, personalization's uh, you know important. and when you know when when I say you know, uh, you know it's sort of experience mania, uh, when you talk about uh, experience mania, where I was the point I was trying to make is you have to be able to, as Crystal does, deliver the core product with really terrific service. So coming up with PR releases about these amazing experiences, doesn't cover up poor training of employees or a poor hard product
3: so maybe we can um, talk a little bit about the new air product and from what i understand there's a new branded air fleet um, that's including a 777 and a dreamliner could you just talk a little bit about um, you know the motivation behind that who's um, you know who's your customer will that compete at all with the the private jet um, consumer stuff like that
1: It's about a global luxury consumer looking to experience a vacation around the world seamless so they don't have to spend three days getting to destination X because the only way you could get there is through connections. These planes will go nonstop. They have incredible range and they will be delivering an incredible experience on the aircraft and off the aircraft. Doug, you have
0: experience with private jet owners. and like the key word to me in that, and when we're talking about a group experience, is private. So, I mean, do you think that um, the kind of person who wants to get around on their private jet and maybe stay in a villa or something is also interested in, um, in, in this kind of, you know, group vacation where they're on the twenty eight days or fourteen days? Um, is that a is that a cruise? guest um, or is it someone who's going to charter their own mega yacht in the Mediterranean, you know, somewhere?
2: Um, You know, if you asked me the question uh, two or three years ago, I would have said uh, no, that the private jet owner is not going to get on it with a, you know, no matter how lovely the, uh, the seven, eight, seven, or the seven, seven, seven is, they're not going to get in with a group. Um, But I I know from the folks at four seasons, uh, 15 to 20% of the people, at least on their initial, Uh, four seasons, private jet tours were private jet owners. Um, And so I think that goes back to what I talked about earlier. You can't just say, you know, all private jet owners, all super rich people are the same. Some, some are only going to be on the yacht in the med, but the other, the other um, aspect is um, because of the uh, solace, the safety of life at sea regulations for the most part, you know, unless you have like a Roman Abramovich uh, yacht, I think it's 13 people or 12 people. That you know, These big yachts, they have a lot of crew, but you can only have 12 passengers on most of them, or 15, I forget what the, ru- the rule is. So you do see a lot of people who own private jets or they're the chairman or CEO of a major company that's got a fleet of jets for their executives. And they're, they're going on the Crystal product. And I actually, uh, when uh, Crystal launched the Esprit. I, uh, part of my formula for my, uh, uh, private jet owner newsletter is I actually interview travel agents who've been on the product, sold the product. And so I interviewed, uh, uh, Mary Jean Tully, who's a top, top cruise professional travel agent. She sells a lot of luxury cruises and I believe top producer for Crystal. And I interviewed her. She was still on the ship and, uh, we had a great report. And, um, uh, the, you know, the idea was, you know, who will this appeal to? And she was able to list, you know, I said, you know, is this going to appeal to people uh, on private jets? And the answer is, yes, I'm already selling it onto the ex- these people onto the existing Crystal product. Yes, they're going to go onto the Asprey um, uh, as individuals. And then also, it's a 62-person ship. She said, I already have a couple people I know I'm going to talk to about full ship charters. And so, you um, you know, that there may be 10 more clients who aren't going to be interested in a traditional cruise, but out of all of these people who are wealthy, you know, as Edie said, there's more than enough to fill, you know, a All of the different products uh, that are out there.
1: And if I can just add to that, so as an example, our Crystal Esprit, which is our yacht cruise with the submarine and only 62 guests, 77 crew, that has been chartered numerous times already by wealthy families who want to bring some more family and friends and they own their own yachts anyway. And the same thing with the aircraft. If they don't want to go on our Crystal Luxury Air 28 day experience with 88 people, so if it's a couple and they don't don't want to be with 86 other people then we will totally customize an around the world trip for them and they can charter the bombardier global express and be the only two people on that 12 seater or invite other family members to get it up to 12 people it's all a matter of cost so obviously then we would lay out the cost and we could deliver to two people, a very private, crystal luxury air experience with that Bombardier Global Express, same itinerary if they want or customize it. It's just going to cost them a lot more money. But the and world that, is their oyster if they can afford it.
2: And you know that's relative because you know to some people, two hundred or three hundred thousand dollars isn't a lot of money. You know it just isn't, and it's sort of like you know when when you know I was in college, a hundred dollars was a lot. You know, that was two weeks worth of pizza. You know, once you're working for four or five years, you know, spending a hundred dollars for a nice dinner, you know, okay, that's not a lot. And so it's all relative. If you're worth 500 million or, you know, Edie, you said 10 billion or 6 billion, you know, $200,000 is like the, the equivalent is like $5, you know, to, to, to most of us, and so I think there's a huge opportunity in the luxury market to think big and do things like uh, Edie was talking about, and even TCS, which does a lot of these uh, round, which one of the pioneers in the round-the-world private jet tours. They're also now doing individual tours. So if you have your own jet, or you want to charter a jet, and you don't want to be part of the group. They'll put the uh, the program together. There's a, a a private aviation management company out of Florida called Presidential Aviation. Last year, they actually launched a division to do vacations because people who are chartering jets were saying, and people who owned the jets and were having them manage it, were saying, "Listen, you know, come up with something where we can take our jet to go to this place and that place and the other place." So, um, I think the the old saying is, "Price is not an object." So. Lots of opportunities.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, and Edie, we'll just ask this question real quick, um, even though I'll have to take a big breath to get through it. But um, so, your company was acquired um, about a, a year ago, and and in that time, you've had like an announcement every, you know, a couple weeks to a month. Um, new ocean ships, polar expedition vessels, mega yachts, uh, river river cruise boats, um, the aircraft, and then maybe the restoration of a historic, uh, vessel also. Um, so you mentioned if, you know, if they don't want a, then maybe they'll want B. Are you, are you trying to be all things to, um, to the 1% or, uh, what's, what did your, what did your research tell you about how you wanted to grow the company, um, to really capture more of the luxury market?
1: Well you left out the residences at sea <laughs> I knew, I on top of the three <laughs> new triplets but aside from that and yes the SS United States were under a technical feasibility study to see if we can restore her and if we can we will but putting all of that aside our uh, the guests that we are going after quite simply is a global luxury consumer slash guest they may be aspirational or they may be very wealthy or anywhere in between but the reality is that our 5 years of past guests on crystal and even our most recent guests of that that mix tell us in a crystal clear manner excuse the pun that they are in fact going on other vacations other than just their crystal cruise every year but that they would like to do it in the crystal style and if we offered them more options in the crystal style they would rather give us their hard-earned dollars to do vacations versus, quote-unquote, competitors. So we are simply answering the demand of what our very loyal brand fan, past guests, Crystal Society members are telling us, have told us, and continue to tell us they want. And we're delighted to be able to deliver that. And again, it goes back to all of these components make perfect sense based on our research data and the vision to be the world's premier luxury lifestyle and hospitality brand portfolio. And so while all of these experiences are available now and in the near foreseeable future, I always say we've only announced 50% of what is coming. We are not trying to be all things to all people. We are trying to have the right portfolio mix for a global wealthy consumer who wants to have a myriad of different vacation experiences and back to eco, exclusivity, customization, and options, give them a plethora of choices to suit their individual needs for that individual holiday experience. And by that, I mean, you might be a family and over the school break, you might be going with five kids and extended family and doing a family reunion trip, school break trip for 30 people in your group. But then you're going over Valentine's Day weekend for a romantic getaway, just you and your significant other, then you're looking for a different experience and so on. So whatever this global wealthy traveler is looking for, if they want it done in the creme de la creme crystal delivery, we are delighted to offer them a crystal clear choice.
0: Doug, does bucket list um rank on your list of of words that you're tired of hearing like
2: experience or no I mean listen you know when you've when you've been uh, writing as long as I have you become cynical so uh but uh, seriously I think uh uh everybody's got a bucket list and I think the difference you know and I sort of go back to you know listen we all would love to have luxury experiences you know, and it is great to save. Look, look at the hard luxury goods um, business. They've been so successful in getting people to save for two years to buy a handbag or, you know, save to buy a, a pair of shoes that, you know, and not $300, $1,300 for a pair of shoes, um, but, but people do it. And so, yes, you, the aspirational customer is important, but when you look at the ultra high net worth They're, they're always interested in new things. And, you know, I think obviously what Crystal is doing is on target because for them, it's, it's, you know, these are busy people. These are people who have, um, business lives and sometimes they're looking for ideas and, you know, the idea of, Uh, what you're doing with the yachting or, you know, taking the crystal brand and putting it on uh, the round the world private jet tours. Uh, One of the things I find in the uh, e-newsletter I do for the private jet owners, you know, I do, I do quite a bit of research back and I am shocked at how many things in the travel industry we take for granted and think everybody knows about. And, you know, these people don't know about it because if you're, you know, the biggest distributor of citrus fruit in California, You've got, you know, you're not focused on what the new hotels are.
1: And they're busy making money in their individual businesses, so they don't have time to be the travel expert. And so they may go to a travel agent, and we certainly endorse that. But at the end of the day, they time is money to them. They're very busy, and they want it wrapped up in a bow.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's plus, plus, plus. They're not doing one thing. And, well, you know, it's just do they have the time to do it. And so, uh, again, there's just a lot of opportunity to tap in and what you said Edie, uh, earlier is there are more richer people than ever there's over two hundred thousand households today that have a net worth of at least 30 billion dollars and it's growing it's growing you know more people are making more money in different countries as you said china but it's not just china it's all over the world it's india it's south america
1: And we live in a mobile world today. I consider myself a mobile executive. When somebody asks me, where do you live or where is your office? I say, well, I have offices in Miami and LA, but I, in fact, live on an airplane because I travel. And as long as I have my mobile devices and Wi-Fi, business goes on. My 300 emails a day, my white papers, my conference calls, my strategy, my meetings with, you know, bankers, it all goes on anywhere, wherever I am in the world, because I am... Connected. And that's what a lot of these people that are busy making that money, that have that money to spend, they can carve out the time for these experiences as long as they are connected. And they will, they want to, because everybody needs a break.
2: And I, I think one thing we haven't talked about is social media and, you know, uh, luxury, but particularly with the wealthy person. And you know, one of the interesting things, places I've seen it work both in the watch and the jewelry world. And also in the travel arena is not so much, you know, corporations with their own Instagram, uh, but there's a a travel agent out in uh, California, Stacy Small. And, you know, today's successful luxury travel advisors, you know, they're not sitting like they used to 20 years ago at a desk in front of a computer screen they're out traveling, experiencing the product. And she regularly, she'll post pictures as she travels on Instagram and she'll get pinged back by, she's got uh, quite a few clients in Silicon Valley and people uh, behind the scenes in the movie industry in Hollywood. She'll get pinged back. Where are you? Do you like it? When should I go? You know, it's, oh, by the way, how much does it cost? And, you know. Well, you know, is this good for a family vacation? Is it, you know, anniversary? You know, what type of trip? And so I think there's an opportunity, you know, to really uh, use social media to talk to these people. But you have to have a relationship. I don't know that, you know, billionaires are going to follow Four Seasons or <laughs> Mandarin Oriental or Crystal Cruises. I'm sure a few do. But if they have a good travel agent they have a relationship with. And it's the same in the jewelry market. You know, you have a great jewelry salesperson that you buy your jewelry or you buy your watches from. And he or she says, listen, you know, Edie, I have Instagram. I just, I'm going to the Basel Watch Fair. So um, follow me on Instagram. And you'll probably follow because you trust that person.
0: Well, thank you. It has been a wonderful experience.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: I enjoyed the experience as well. (laughs) Me too. Thanks for coming in, guys.